When life as you know it is flipped upside down, we struggle to make sense of it all. Why would a good God allow this to happen? Hi, I'm Sherry Pilkington, your host of Finding God in Our Pain. In early 2018, the deepest questions of my life erupted when I unexpectedly lost my husband of 32 years. Since then, I've searched the heart of God for what he has to say about pain and suffering. In this podcast, we'll discover how God enters into our pain, shepherds us through our darkest valley, and out into the green pastures once again. I'll bring you firsthand stories from women who will allow us into their authentic struggle, along with professional advice from experts, counselors, and others who can speak to what it looks like to navigate pain. Join me as we discover God's answers to the deepest cries of our shattered heart. I want to welcome my guest, Dominique Bennett. Dominique, thank you for being here today. Hi, thank you for having me. She's here to talk about the anxiety and the stress and the pain of divorce. Dominique is a mother of five boys. I don't know about you, but that sends terror (laughs) through my heart. (laughs) I raised two. They're a tag team match, but you have five, but they're all a blessing. And I know they're precious to you. Lead us into your story in the sense that when divorce is imminent, what is happening to your heart at that moment? I never thought I would be getting a divorce. So I was in shock and thinking, how could this be happening to me? I'm a good Christian. I'm in church. My family has been doing well. So I, it just was a shock how, how my life was going to change. My family looked like a normal family. And then all of a sudden everything changed and I was going to be a single mom and not, not just a single mom, but a single mom to five boys. Mm. And my youngest was under two. And my oldest was 13. My heart was just distraught and it was a very dark time. So when it's coming, like you cannot avoid it, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to walk this out. What was your why questions? What was your fear? Did you want to hang on to the marriage out of fear? What were some of your struggle as you're facing this? Do you stay? Do you go? Oh, wow. Yeah, that took a long time. That was a process because Like I said, initially it was a shock. And then I think it was disbelief. And I know that's pretty normal in those stages of grief, the bargaining, the, um, you know what I mean? I can't remember all of them, but there was moments where I thought, well, maybe, maybe we'll be able to work this out. Maybe God wants me to fix this. Maybe this is the right thing. And, and I did so much prayers, asking people for help, Christians, wise people trying to figure out what the right thing to do was. But, um, so it just became, it was like a process and, the day that I was in court and my ex-husband actually wasn't there that day. He was like deployed, but just looking down and seeing his signature on the paper, like it's, it still took a long time for me to just realize we're really not married anymore. This is really over. Even after divorce, it takes a while to really accept it and realize I'm not, I'm not a wife anymore. I'm, I'm a single mom. It was hard to understand my identity you know, and what do I do now? And who am I now in society and in general? It was just very, very confusing time. Well, I know from talking to just a few people at this point, um, identity comes into question when crisis comes around. So when we Mm -hmm. come into this place of a life-changing event where a title is stripped away from us, all Mm -hmm. the responsibilities that are associated with that title now come into question. And it's a matter of trying to redefine yourself and to figure out, well, who am I now? Was it terrifying to be a single mom with five boys? 
or five children in general, but five boys, I raised two and there's a lot of testosterone in the house. (laughs) Yeah. All this stuff going through my mind was first of all, financially, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of them? I was a stay-at-home mom. My ex-husband was military. So I was home with my kids. I was involved at church. How on earth am I going to provide for them? Even with child support, we can't just live in a one bedroom apartment. So that was number one, but also managing a home. What if something breaks? What do I do if I need to go to the store? Who's going to be, you know, I can't pile all these kids in the car just to go grab a gallon of milk, but that's the kind of stuff I had to do. It was very hard. I just remember I, at the point where I thought this marriage really is not going to work. I went to my room, I sat down in my closet and I opened up the Bible and I said, God, help me, just rescue me. I didn't have some lengthy prayer, um, fancy words. It was just complete desperation of what am I going to do and how am I going to do this? And I really did feel a peace. I really, really did. It's going to be okay. Somehow it's going to be okay. And I had to do that a lot where I'd go back to that prayer and just God help me. How is this going to be okay? I have five kids here. It's not like I had past job experience. I had no college. I couldn't just, you know, jump into some career and start making money. I mean, it just wasn't like that. So it was a very scary time, a lot of anxiety and unknowns. So you were already breaking ground on the world of uncertainty before 2020 came around. Absolutely. People are like, this is the worst year ever. And I get it. I do. I do see that. But for me, I just graduated from college. I have a career. Me and my kids are finally getting to a stable place. So I'm thinking to myself, this really wasn't that bad of a year for me. (laughs) But because I still feel like God is providing and he's still taking care of us in the midst of everything that's happening. I'm not diminishing other people's feelings about 2020, but the last, the eight years prior to this were way worse for me and my family. I agree with you in the sense that after coming off the tragedy of my husband and trying yeah. to walk out grief, I'm like, yeah, this is no big deal. Yeah, exactly. You know, the Lord has already proven to me. He has taken care of me in the yeah. darkest days of my life. This right here will be fine. So I think yeah. maybe that's an advantage that uh, those of us who have gone through a very intimate, personal pain, we've seen that he has been faithful. It's easier to take other tragedies uh, in the world, such as COVID. It's killing people yeah. in different forms and different definitions. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the terrors of what you were facing, no job experience, no Mm -hmm. job. Will I be able to afford to stay here? Mm -hmm. Where will I be able to afford to stay? How do I make a living? What about a car maintenance, house maintenance, things like that. So can you think of a time when you were having to face this real life stuff and you are at your wits end? There are so many times like that, but one time in particular, I started college I was, you know, decided I'm going to be a nurse. Somehow I'm going to, you know, pray I can get through these very tough courses and do this. And I was doing finals and we had a tornado hit our house. And Mm -hmm. thank God no one was home. When I came home and my, my front door was blown through, the neighbor's chimney had fallen on the house and my kid's playground was smashed. Our trampoline was somewhere down the street. Our whole fence was down. Part of the posts were sticking out of my, my house. Wow. They, they were lodged into the house. My son's room was smashed in. And I walked in, I'm like, how, what do I even do? How am I going to do this? I just broke down. Mm-hmm. God is so faithful. He sent people to come help me, to come help me clean up, to come help me, just, just comfort me, just be there with me. I had people just coming over 
giving me money. And I, I didn't even know if I would need it yet. I didn't know up from down, what am I supposed to do? And I just couldn't believe how, even with that, he provided the home insurance covered everything. And the crazy part was years prior, I was like, how would I ever afford a new roof on this house? You know, there's no way I could afford that. But because that tornado hit my house, I got a new roof. I got all new siding. I got all new fence. I got home improvements done that I never could have afforded. It was like $50,000 worth of work. And I paid $0 for that work. On top of it, I had people, like I said, coming and blessing me with meals. I had people coming and, and bringing me cash. I was just blown away. I'll never forget how, you know, you can have a situation so bad. It just looks so bad. Of all the houses that are going to, a tornado is going to hit. It has to be mine. Like right. the single mom who's working and in school and uh, come on. But then God <laughs> used that to bless me to answer a different prayer. Like, God, how am I going to do this roof? How am I going to put on new siding? He's like, oh, I've got it all set up for you. <laughs> this tornado is going to be, you know, and it's just, it's kind of funny, but it was definitely a dark thing that God really turned into a really amazing thing and a story I love to share with people because it's just so God, that's the stuff he does. He just takes that stuff and uses it for good. He's so out of the box. We cannot figure him out. Mm -hmm. it, whatever he does will align with his character and his nature. He'll never deviate. But when you talk about him showing up in ways that we do not expect, God sent a tornado to give you free home improvements. Whether or not he sent it, he let it hit my house. You know, we can't explain that stuff. He used it for good. He yeah. used it for good. And it was such a blessing. And in the middle of all of that, the anxiety, the fear, and how am I going to do this? And now I'm in school. I have to work with these contractors. In the middle of it, it's all scary and you don't know what's going on. But then hindsight, you look back and you're like, wow, God, you, you really did have me that entire time. I am so glad that I have those, those lessons over the last eight years because mm -hmm. I don't want to walk into any situation questioning God the whole time and, mm -hmm. and feeling anxious. You have too many of those moments and you look back on your life and you go, wow, I wasted a lot of time being right. worried about things that God had the whole time. He, he never left me. He never stopped taking care of me. That's been a really good life lesson through all of that, that, you know, he's always provided. He always took care of us. We didn't have to move out of our home throughout that entire divorce or separation we just recently moved and that was a really positive thing because it was really an amazing time to start fresh and have mm -hmm. a new, a new beginning for us. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge, huge blessing. But in, in the middle of all of it, not having to move was, was also a huge blessing. And I was so thankful that we were able to stay in our home throughout the divorce and moving forward and stepping into our new life and our new normal well, it is nice that you would have that extended blessing to not have to move even with so much other uncertainty going on in yeah. your life. You're, mm -hmm. you know, going to school, working full time, raising five boys. They've got schedules of their own that you're responsible for because they're all under the age of driving. Yeah. You're coordinating all of those things. This is the worst time possible to do home renovations, but yet the Lord provides and yeah. you get through. Were you struggling with the Lord at that time as well? Oh yeah. Through all of it. I mean, I think the main thing on my mind at that point was just trying to push through school. Cause I felt like that would impact our future so much in me being able to provide stability for my kids. I think I was hyper-focused on school. 
So having the renovations and the kids and the schedules, finding childcare so I could go to work and go to school, I just took it day by day. But there was just definitely days where it was just a lot of anxiety. I would go to bed at night and think of how thankful I am that I have a place to live, but I always felt like it could be taken away. Mm. And that was a really tough feeling to feel like your home could be taken from you. So that really drove me to work hard in school and continuing to pray like, God, please help us get through this time. Help us get to a stable place. Mm. And yeah, looking back, he was saying to me, you're always stable with me. Like whatever's going on around you, like it's, you never stop being stable when he's with you, you know, and that's, that's what really is. That's the truth. So that is the truth. Tell me about going to school though, if I remember correctly, because you and I are friends, this wasn't something you would have seen yourself doing. You're kind of in a position where you're forced, but you also pick a profession that's tough. It's not very, yeah. If you're looking for easy, quick, you know, income, this is not one you pick. Mm -hmm. I, I did a lot of research. I was trying to find something that wouldn't take me away from my kids too much, but also provide financially for, because there's a lot of us. So I'm like, it has to be a good career, something my heart would be in, something Mm -hmm. I could have a passion about. And I kept going back to nursing and I looked into doing the shorter programs where you could be an LPN or work in a doctor's office, but I kept being drawn back to RN. I really feel like God led that. Even though I was thinking how this is going to be way too hard for me, I had an eighth grade level of math education. Looking back, I can't even believe that I actually did that um, and got into nursing school. It's one of the toughest programs, bachelor Mm -hmm. programs there is. I really feel like God led me to do it. And it was very surprising to start my career recently, just in July, I started and in the middle of a pandemic. God, you knew somehow that this timing is the way it would be. So it's very challenging adjusting to still being a single parent, still raising my kids, still trying to be there for them, but also working, you know, three, 12 hours, sometimes 13 hour shifts in the midst of being a new nurse and learning. And Mm. it's just a whole other element of leaning on God. It never stops. There's new challenges and learning to lean on him and trust him and just He's, he got me through that. So he'll get me through this. When you think about getting through the early part of being a single mom to where you are today, so surviving versus thriving, do you have any particular examples or thoughts on what that feels like to you? That's something really big on my heart is to encourage single moms that they're not stuck. How important it is to know that when you feel like, especially if, your kid's father is not involved and you just feel so overwhelmed, so tired. And you really can't just lay in bed and not get up. You have to, your kids are depending on you. I like to encourage moms that if I could do it, if I could go to school, I could try to change my, not just go to school. That's not the only thing, but better myself, work on my life. be there for my kids, not give up, not be a victim. They can do that too. You can change your situation. You can do things to make your life better, to come out of that situation a better person rather than just getting stuck and becoming a victim and relying on others to make it better for you. What are some of the things or a thought process or lies that one would believe in order to remain a victim? Oh, oh yeah. The first lie was 
that I'm, I'm broken now. I'm messed up. I'm damaged goods. My kids are going to be damaged. My kids are going to be scarred for life because their family is broken. Their family is not like other people's families. Mm-hmm. So early on, I really tried to tell my kids, we're not a broken family. We're still a family, no matter what, we're still a family. And um, I mean, I can't lie. Divorce does, does harm, does, it does affect them. That's why God hates it so much. It's, it is awful what it does to families. And I, I think that people should do everything they can to work on their marriage from start to finish, because there's a reason why God doesn't want divorce. But there's also times where we live in this fallen world and it's just unavoidable. Unfortunately, it just is, especially being in the church, feeling kind of like I stand out as a single mom, especially I have five kids. I'm like, oh gosh, it looks like this or it looks like that. I I would think those things, but continue to hold my head up, push my shoulders back and take my kids to church and pray over them and, and tear down those lies, not let them get in my head and just continue to move forward. Did you stand on a particular Bible verse to strengthen you with that? Actually, I did. Um, there was, there was two. One of them was Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, which I know it's kind of like a common verse, but let me read it for, I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. And I think that the reason I love that so much was because when you're in the middle of a, of a crisis or a bad situation or tragedy, even if you believe in God, you start to question him, like, why would you let this happen to me? It's like the Israelites, they had seen all those miracles and all those things he did for them. But as soon as things got hard, it's not like they questioned if God was real anymore. They questioned if God like cared for them anymore. And that's what we do. We think he's abandoned us or left us. And this reminds us that God's God's thoughts towards us, his heart towards us is always for a future and a hope. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change in the midst of that situation. So that reminder, I really needed that all the time daily. The other one I ha- held on to was Job 42 two, And it says, I know you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. So I love that too, because whatever the world throws at you, mm. whatever choices people make because they have their own will. They, they can do what they want to do. God can still make his purposes come to pass. However he chooses to do it, it's beyond my understanding. But just knowing that he could, he could still make all his purposes for my life come to pass, even as a divorced woman, mm-hmm. um, even as, you know, my family looked totally different than I thought it would. Nothing was going to change about God's plan for me, no matter what. So that was huge for me as well. And that is huge because it doesn't matter what goes on in the details of our life. God is still writing this overarching love story with us. So his Mm -hmm. will will not be thwarted. His love for us will never stop. So even in the midst when we're coming to him with our broken toys, if you will, or our broken expectations, broken dreams, titles that we've lost, a marriage that didn't uh, last, he's still going to heal us going Mm -hmm. to bless us through it, going to provide for us. And that to me is part of that love story. He still sees us. He's intimately in in knowledge of what we need, who we are, and Mm -hmm. he delivers on these things. But I do believe there's this process of digging in deeper to him during that 
learning and learning his heart, like giving him the, his due honor, giving him his worship and his praise and our thank you to him, because that's when you start engaging him. Is he going to still take care of you? Yeah. But in the process of the pain, there are some beautiful things to discover about him. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that stands out to you that blew you away about what he did? Mm-hmm. Or maybe he heightened a, a scripture for you or something about his nature for you? Seeing how quickly he would show up when I called out for help, he always did. Whether it was I needed support from a person, like from a friend, he would send help. And financially, that just always blew me away. Money would just be in my mailbox before I even thought I needed it. Me and my kids never lacked anything. It really doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Because I worked part-time in retail and I was a full-time student. And But God always made a way for us. So that blew me away. Also that I was really, really scared that I would have to put my kids in full-time daycare and like how things might change. And that never happened. Losing my home, that never happened. So yeah, just just thankful how he made a way through, through all of it coming from a Christian background, a Christian marriage, did you think that God was going to be mad at you and leave you hanging if you walked away from marriage? Because he does take a vow very serious. I had really bad anxiety about it, actually. I was going through the the scriptures, praying all the time. I didn't want to displease him. I didn't want to lose his presence. I didn't want him to think that I was doing something that would ruin my kids' lives. In his word, I had grounds for divorce. And based on the patterns and the things I saw in my marriage, I felt like I felt like I was really doing the right thing for my family. Continued to pray and let God show me anything I needed to see. I humbled myself before God, show me what, show me what you want, Lord. But yeah, I was really worried about losing his blessing. That was a huge fear for me. I could say something that God showed me is that he loves us no matter what. He doesn't just walk away from us the way we imagine people do. And that's the way my life has been. Growing up as a child, I had a lot of abandonment issues and I didn't feel loved by family. So to lose my marriage added to that, I'm losing more people from my life that I thought loved me. So it was very hard, but going back to God's character and what he reveals is like, he never left. He was always there and he's not going to leave because even if I did make a mistake, he's still there. He's still walking with me. I was thinking about the Bible verses at first John 4, 8, 4, 18. I can't remember, but it's the one about perfect love casts out fear because mm-hmm. fear has to do with punishment. Are you experiencing love a, in a different way? Maybe in a way you hadn't, because if you're like me, I put it on the natural and that's just mm-hmm. the way we are. You can touch mm-hmm. or hug or hold somebody's hand. Mm-hmm. Are you learning anything new about God with regard to his love for you? Yeah, because prior to my divorce, I, I was in the church, I was in ministry, you know, stay-at-home mom. I've had this Christian life kind of in a bubble. See, God, I'm doing all these right things. I'm walking under your blessing because I'm, I'm doing so well. I read the Bible every day. I pray a lot. Right. My life looks so different now. I don't have as much time I w- to spend in the Word like I used to or to be involved in church activities or be in ministry and stuff. And God still loves me. God still walks with me. God still provides for me. That changed me. That helped me. I made mistakes the last eight years. I know I I chose other things other than God to help to try to 
numb my pain. I've gone to the wrong things. And then in the midst of that, God was still with me. God was still saying, I love you, Dominique. I'm, I never left your side. I know now more that he, I didn't find him when I gave my life to him. He, he was always calling out to me, like, I'm right here. I'm right here. So it's just nice to know that in the midst of all the mistakes or all the lies, his plans won't be thwarted for me. He's going to do what he was always going to do. And I want to do everything I can to be in line with that plan. So I don't have hiccups and detours or whatever, but he never stopped calling out to me. I think you make a such a good point in that distinction between being and doing. And I know what you mean by saying I was doing all the right things. No, you're not thinking about yeah. that, but that's what you read in the word, right? That's the examples you see. That's what the church calls you to do. And so mm-hmm. you're serving in these contexts and you're living life for God. But then something like this happens. People sometimes lose their love for the Lord or was it love? I don't know. It sounds like it was conditional, but I do believe the pain is real and can be very raw and cause mm-hmm. you to question God's goodness. But one of the things that I'm learning is the being with God over the doing for God, Mm -hmm. because the being is so powerful. I did not give it the weight that it deserves. The time just spent with the Lord, meditating on the Lord, meditating on word, giving Mm -hmm. him praise, giving him worship. Now I did all those things. And I did reap the benefits of spending time with the Lord. The Lord speaks things when you, you set aside that time for him. But the weight of it, the power of worship and the submission until I was going through my grieving process. Mm-hmm. And when I recognized that the presence of the Lord was so heavy and that he inhabits our praise and that surrender of him, I could hear him now instead of arguing with him. I could now hear him based on my surrender because I didn't have any more to say. Those two things were extremely powerful. So I love that you even uh, intuitively know that as well, that you were doing, Mm -hmm. but being even now, if you're finding like less time to do, but more time to be uh, with him. That's the key, really, I think. I feel his presence sometimes at work when I'm in a patient's room. I'm praying over people. They don't even know it, but Mm. I'm holding people's hands that are close to dying. Mm. People that are confused or can't speak or people that are sharing their stories with me. They're in a really vulnerable place. They're sick. They're scared. I'm in such a unique position as a nurse that God is using me there. And it's not the way I thought it would be. And there's still so much more going forward to the story and how God will use that. I feel God's presence sometimes really strong when I'm talking to people and just being their nurse, just listening, just comforting in whatever way they need. It's encouraging when I feel his presence there because I go, okay, like he, this is where he wanted me to be. There was a purpose behind all of this. And it's bigger than just that. Of course, there's more, but there's just a little piece of it. Right. And I love that he meets us in these places where we're putting our hands, we're serving with our passion, because I do believe if we pursue our passions and we have gifts and talents and we use them, I believe that's a form of worship. We are returning the investment, if you will, by putting Mm -hmm. it into action. He meets you in these segments of time during your shift where Mm -hmm. you're able to feel his presence and to speak something special over someone. They see God in kindness. Kindness reveals God to them. I feel honored to get to show that to somebody for them to feel that kindness. And I know it's not me. They're sensing the Holy Spirit too, through that. It's not me doing something special. It's just the Holy Spirit. 
So it's you responding to the Holy Spirit. And that's yeah. key for any of us. Yeah. He wants to work on our part. So if we mm-hmm. respond, he gets to show mm-hmm. himself faithful or healing or whatever it mm-hmm. is he desires. So that's huge. And I don't know how I completely forgot about this, but right before my divorce, I had started learning to play the piano. When the separation started, I was newly learning how to play. And I continued my lessons, but playing the piano and singing was such a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. So huge. I would be playing at night and singing and, and I didn't play amazing and it didn't really matter, but it was so therapeutic and so relaxing for me. It brought so much peace. I would just play like worship songs and sing and getting used to being in the house. My ex-husband was military, so I was kind of used to being home alone, but, but for that to be a consistent thing, it was very lonely I'm just so thankful how God made a way for me to start those lessons so that when I, when I really needed that, that was such a, a therapeutic healing thing for me. He's already putting things in place for when yeah. you need them later mm-hmm. down the road. What mm-hmm. was the, I'm trying to remember the portion of the Bible story where they're traveling through the desert and they come up on a watering hole that is not mm-hmm. a uh, mirage and it has a mm-hmm. tree for shade. So the tree yeah. had to grow for how many years before they right. come through the desert and need that shade and that particular watering hole. And that's so God for putting things in place. Well, the strange thing about it was even how I got to take the lessons to play, someone came up to me and said they had a, a gift for me. This was the strangest thing at church. They're like, God told me to give you something. Can I give it to you later? I, I don't know why, but I thought she was going to give me a pair of shoes or something. I'm like, yeah, sure. Give it. I'm ready. What is it? Anyway, she wrote me a check. She wrote me a check and she's like, God told me to give this to you. And my thought was, I'm supposed to give this away or I'm supposed to do something or donate. While I'm having that thought, she goes, God said, it's for you. It's something for you. And I was like, what? Well, like a week before I had said, I've always wanted to take piano lessons. My parents never put me in piano. They never could afford to do that stuff with me. I never had any extracurricular activities and I was sad about it in my heart that I could never do that. So that a week later to the day, this lady comes up to me with this check saying, God told me to give this to you. So while I'm driving home and I'm thinking, what the heck am I supposed to do with this check? I really felt in my spirit that God said to me, you know, Dominique, I'm your father and I'm paying for piano lessons. So that's what I did. I took that money and I bought a keyboard and I started doing piano lessons and so it was this amazing setup for mm-hmm. later how much I needed it and how much it blessed me and how much it helped me through hard times, tears welling up because I'm playing worship songs and the peace that would come and fill our home. That was such a huge, huge thing that God used to, to help me through that time. And the whole setup of it was just so amazing. But that's just the kind of stuff that God does. He can just put it on someone's heart to just be like... God told me to give this to you. And it was a substantial amount of money. I got six months worth of worth of lessons and a keyboard. A good father who gives good things to his daughters. Thinking along the lines of what really ministered to your soul and gave you healing during those dark times. Is there anything else that you did? I know you said scripture. Did you journal just looking for tools for other women who are looking for a way to express themselves and to get out the anxiety and the fear? I'd started exercising a lot, just going for runs. And in the beginning, when it was 
very, very difficult. Sometimes I would run and run and run. Exercise really helped me with anxiety and prayer, of course. I didn't do a ton of journaling, but occasionally I, I did write letters to God and said, you know, here's what my heart longs for. Mm-hmm. I liked being married. I wanted to be married. So I would talk to God about that. Like, Lord, I want to be remarried. I want to have a family like that. So how does this line up with your will? Is this something I can have? Is this your heart for me and my kids? That was hard having that longing to have a partner in life, just having to give that to God and say, how does that work out? At what point did you surrender that desire or have you surrendered it? I have, I have more recently. Yeah. I've surrendered it because I've just realized my kids, they're growing up so fast, you know, and I feel that I wasted some time so badly wanting to remarry. And I regret that I wasted time that I could have been spending more time with them or pouring into them. So at this point, I've decided that if that's God's heart or will, then he'll bring that person. But I'm not really looking for it anymore or assuming that that will be the case. It could be later when my kids are grown. I still hope, but it's not at the forefront of my mind anymore. I agree with you in that what God has planned will not be thwarted at the right time. He brings things to us. That sounds like a a regret. Do you have any other regrets that you can think of? Because a lot of times when you go through this difficult process, you're trying to find your way through it. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of tough moments. Do you have any other regrets? Um, Nothing, nothing really at the top of my mind, but that just that I I Mm. wish I would have spent a little more time with my kids. My oldest son is now 21 and he lives in San Diego and I was home a lot. I was with them a lot, but, but I also had to work part-time and doing school, but there were times should have spent more time doing a devotional with him or hanging out with him rather than maybe going out on a date or visiting with a friend or something, probably because he's grown up now. I want him to come back. The other regret was prior to my divorce, I probably made judgments more about people that got divorced. Now I know every story isn't the same and you you don't really know until you ask somebody and hear their story and hear their heart. You can't just assume things about people or their lives and things are not always black and white. I mean, if you look at Abraham and the other characters in the Bible, Joseph, their lives were really messy. There was a lot of drama. You right. know? How could we think that our lives would be any different? You're right. These are examples yeah. of real people. So I, I, I can appreciate that, that the Lord would include those stories, those historical accounts in the Bible. Have you had this opportunity to see God's redemption in that particular regret? Yes. Um, with my son, there was a time right around probably 17, 18 years old that we started having some hard times. And it's hard. Like when you're a single mom, you know, you're talking to this man, my son's like six foot one. And I'm like, you still need to be afraid of me. He's just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But he really was a really good kid, but he went through his time of becoming more independent. And we had some difficult times, but now things are so much better. I feel like I have such a good relationship with him and we can talk now that he's an adult, we can talk right. more almost like friends in a way. Right. He wasn't able to come to my graduation party from nursing school, but I had him on FaceTime and he gave a speech that will forever be with me because he just was saying how proud of me he was. And mm-hmm. 
he said about his brothers, they don't realize yet what you've done for them or what, mm-hmm. what you did, but they will. Mm-hmm. And just him saying that he's not looking at me like you didn't do this right. Or you didn't do that right, right mom. He's looking at it like, thank you for all you did. Right. And so that is like the greatest reward to me. Our relationship is very good and I'm so happy he's doing well. It is a beautiful place mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. with our children. Yeah. Especially when he has those words now at 21. Sometimes you have to get life under your belt. You have to get through a few experiences of your own in order to look back and see you through a different lens instead of just mom, but to look at the mm-hmm. sacrifice you made. But yet at 21, he has those words for you. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. When you think about your identity now, what's the shift or how would you define that? I'm looking for the difference in what you've experienced with your identity. Well, before I would say I felt kind of helpless, scared, alone. That would describe how I felt. But now I feel a lot more confident seeing all that's been accomplished. And I wouldn't even just say that I've accomplished, but been accomplished with God's help just a lot more confidence and stability and just knowing that I was able to change some circumstances in my situation. There were things I could do to change my situation. Some things were out of my control and that was hard, but some things I was able to change and work on and, and make better and heal. Now I can continue to move forward. There's probably still healing that needs to take place, but that's just like a life journey in general. (laughs) My last question for you is, can you tell us just one of the beautiful things that God impressed upon your heart in the darkest moments of your life? It's just the simple thing that he was with me, that he wasn't going to leave, that he wasn't going to abandon us, that he was going to provide. Sometimes it was just that peace that would come over you, like it's going to be okay you know, it's going to be okay. And then sometimes it would, you know, be out of nowhere, like a friend calling you and saying, what can I do? Are you okay? You know, just, um, yeah, I I think just knowing he was going to be there. Like I knew it would be okay if God was going to be there with me. Definitely. Sometimes when I'm pressing into the Lord and asking for answers, I don't hear anything, but yet I feel (laughs) peaceful. Mm -hmm. And it's that peace that surpasses all understanding, because despite the pain that you're in, that peace comes upon you and you have that feeling that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. God's got me. He's not going to leave me and it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Hence your Bible verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm -hmm. He's always looking forward into the future of what he has for you. Thank you, Dominique. I appreciate you, sweet woman. And thank Thank you for having the courage to share your story. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for your time and for sharing this experience with my guest. I hope you have found encouragement for today and a deeper revelation of God's heart in the midst of pain and suffering. We'd love to have you as a subscriber to Finding God in Our Pain so that you can be connected with all my guests as they share their personal experiences and professional knowledge about pain and suffering. And because this podcast is a division of the website, A Life of Thrive, for more information and the various ways you can connect with us, please visit the website, alifeofthrive.com. I look forward to sharing more transparent stories from the hearts of women who intimately know what it means to have their world flipped upside down, their authentic struggle to make sense of it, and what recovery and healing looks like. Till then, sweet woman, remember you are not alone and that God speaks the most beautiful things in the dark.